you have your Bibles this morning. We're going to be in the book of John like we have been. John chapter 11, verse 25. Um, if any of you are interested in um, the Atlantic District, their camp is this week um, online. Uh, I don't know the page right offhand, but I think it's just Atlantic District, UPCI. Search for that, you'll find it. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And um, I believe our friend and yours, uh, Brother Miko Carter, is going to be ordained. Um, I assume the Friday because they're doing um, in different churches, and Friday is St. John, so I, it's his father's church. I assume that's the service. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, that's this week if you are interested in that. Join in. I guess a lot of online church still. And uh, I give my children, they're excited to leave. They wanted to go before church. But, uh, that would have been awkward, right? I think. <laughs> Anyways, let's, let's get to preaching. John 11 and 25. It says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. And life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Let's, uh, let's pray one more time together um, before we get into this today. Jesus, hallelujah, God, I thank you for your presence that's here. God, I pray in your name, God, you would continue to minister and move. God, I pray that you would speak to us through your word today. God, let your anointing flow, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, if you can be seated if you'd like. Well, as you know, um, we've been going through the I Am's of Jesus in uh, the book of John, and there are seven different times in the Gospel of John where Jesus uh, makes a statement, I am such and such, and we've talked so far about the bread of life and how he's everything that we need. He sustains us. He gives us life. We talked about how he said, I am the light of the world. He shows us our sins so we can change. He gives us peace and hope in our job like the moon to the sun is to reflect light to the darkness around us. Um, how He said, I am the door um, to the sheepfold. The only way in is through Jesus. And last week about the good shepherd and how he lays down his life for his sheep. And it's good to study these, as we've said every week. Um, and this is how Jesus referred um, to himself, to the people that he ministered to, to show them, to give them a glimpse of who he was. And so it's good for us to study these um, to get a clearer picture of who he was and what he was trying to accomplish. And Jesus would often give um, one of these revelations or one of these statements in relation to something that had just happened or something he had just taught. When he said that he was the bread of life, it was the day after he fed 5,000 people and a group of them came looking for him um, to get some more food the next day because you give people food, they'll come back. Proven fact. <laughs> so Jesus fed 5,000 people, and then the next day they came looking, and he's like, are you looking for bread? Well, I'm the bread of life, and that's where that, he said that. And in the light of the world, um, light shows us our sin when we, we try to hide, and he said it after they brought the lady um, who was caught in the act of adultery, and he was writing on the ground, and he, you know, he said, he who is out sin, let him cast the first stone, and he used that to um, teach about the light of the world, and um, the door to the sheepfold and the good shepherd, he, he sought that after 
And the leaders of the temple had thrown out a man who was um, healed, and they didn't believe him and all that, uh, and how he was a good shepherd, and they were hirelings. They didn't really care about the, the sheep. So he would use these, these miracles sometimes. He would use these things that happen to teach the crowd a spiritual lesson. And that's the purpose, really, in the Bible of miracles, to point to the miracle maker. And I think, I don't know, we, we won't admit it, but I think sometimes we feel like God owes us something or a miracle or whatever because we've followed him for so long. It's some sort of benefit plan for being a Christian. Um, but in the New Testament, miracles were often used as teaching points. They got the attention of people, and maybe they gathered a crowd around, and then Jesus would share some truth. And he makes this fifth statement um, in the middle of the story of Lazarus. We're all pretty familiar with that story. His friend Lazarus has died, and Jesus and his disciples have come to be with the family. Um, his sisters, Mary and Martha, they were friends of Jesus. They were close um, so we pick the story up in John 11, verse 20. It says that Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. And then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. So Martha, if you remember Martha before, um, she was a good host. That's what she did. Um, and people would get mad at her for it. But she was a good host. And being the good host that Martha was and caring about people the way that Martha did, uh, she heard that Jesus was on his way and she went out to meet him and his disciples. Even though Martha was in mourning. She just buried her brother four days before. And we like to... I've heard a lot of preachers put Martha down a lot. Um, put Thomas down a lot. And I always... I like to defend these people. Because they're just people. Yeah. <laughs> well, they put her down a lot. But Martha had a good heart. She, In the middle of her morning, she runs out to meet Jesus. And she says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Uh, Mary greets him a few verses later with the same expression. So it's, it's clear that they were probably discussing this amongst themselves. You know, if Jesus had been here, he would have been able to heal Lazarus. Because nobody had ever died around Jesus. People came in contact with Jesus and they were healed. So obviously if Jesus had been here, this wouldn't have happened. And so she comes out and she says, if you had been here. She uses the word if, and it's a word I think that we use often in our own lives. Uh, it carries regret. Though maybe if I had done this, uh, things would be different. Maybe if I had said this, or maybe if I hadn't done this, if, you know. If only. Uh, whenever there's a death in the family or a loss, oftentimes we go to if. Oh, if I had done this, I wish I had, you know. And we deal with that. And Martha was no different. And she comes, she said, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then she turns it around. And she says, but I know even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And we've, we've gone through lament and all that. And we learned anything from, from that and from the Psalms and David's prayers and all that. Um, we've learned that it's okay for us to mourn. It's okay for us to lament. It's okay for us to be frustrated with life sometimes. 
That's the way things go, and that's, that's okay. We were all there. We've all, we all deal with it, but we can't stay there, right? So Martha, she's buried her brother four days ago. The hurt is probably still pretty fresh. The pain is still raw and real. But yet when she gets into the presence of Jesus, there's this hope that arises in Martha. She says, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died, but, but you're here now. And I know that God can do something anyway. I don't know what he's going to do, but I know that something can happen anyway. And that's pretty incredible. It's okay for us to mourn. It's okay for us to be sad. It's okay for us to have these feelings. But when we, we take them to Jesus in prayer and we get into his presence, we need to turn these thoughts and these feelings over and let faith and hope arise. She said, if only things had been different. If only you've been here, but you're here now. And I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that something can happen. Anything can happen. And she turns from if and regret, and she turns over to, to faith. Or at least she tries to when she sees Jesus. And Jesus, uh, verse 23 says, Jesus says to her, My brother shall rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says this thing to her, and, and Martha, she kind of, she misses it a little bit. She might have had faith that, um, faith to believe that the Lazarus would, you know, something would happen. She, she may not have had the faith to believe that he was going to raise him right now. She may have been struggling with that a bit, because she's still hurting. Like her brother, I mean, they were close. They lived together, and, they, and he was gone. She was struggling to grasp um, a hold of what Jesus was said, saying, but that little bit of faith that she had was enough for Jesus to work with. Maybe she didn't have the faith to say, oh yeah, sure, just here's the tomb, bring him out. She might not have had that faith, but she had enough, just a little bit, and that's all he needed to work with. And you may not be able to see you know, what Jesus is going to do in your life, and you may not uh, even have the faith to believe in this huge miracle that's going to happen, but if you have just enough to trust him, like Martha, that's all he needs. That's how he does exceedingly abundantly above that we ask or think. We don't need to be able to think all oh, this matters, whatever. It's incredible things going to happen. We just have faith to trust him. He can work with that. What Jesus was talking about right now, he said, my brother shall rise again. He's talking about right now. And even though Martha was trying to believe and have faith, she missed it a bit. And she thought, you know, he's talking about the end of times and the old judgment day type of thing. And she's, you know, she's mourning. It's clouding her vision. It's clouding her perception a bit. We've all, if you've lost anyone, you've been there, right? You know, you go to the funeral or at the graveside or whatever, and people are saying weird things like, oh, we'll see him again in heaven. Right? Oh, we'll be together again. You know, people say these things. Has anyone ever said this? Anyone ever been there? Someone said this? You know, you're kind of in a daze, you're kind of in a fog, and people are just saying these things. And, and I think Martha probably just thought that Jesus was just saying these comforting things to her, like a friend would, because they were friends, right? 
You know, a funeral people, you know, say all all these types of things. Oh, they're with Jesus in heaven. You know, they're always with you. I remember my dad died, and they're like, oh, just hold on to the memories. I'm like, what does that even mean? I'm 11 years old. Leave me alone. Let me play my Game Boy. Well, they say we say these things. You know, they're always with you, and you know, they're never gone. All this stuff. We try to say these things to encourage and whatever. And so I think the Martha, Jesus is just saying what people would say. You know, we'll see him again. He'll rise again. It'll be fine. We'll be together again. You know, it's okay. I'll be brave. Whatever. Right? Be strong. All that stuff that we say. And she misses what Jesus is, is saying. And I think sometimes we can do the same type of thing. We get so focused on our surroundings and our circumstances. We miss what he's trying to teach us in the moment. We think that we know what he's talking about. We kind of miss it. And so, like Martha, maybe we need to take a, a step back and look at what's going on. And when we go through these statements he makes, these I am statements, he makes most of them to a group that's gathered around. You know, the, the group came and said, give us some food. And he said, well, here, I'm the bread of life. You know, people gathered around to see what he was going to do with this woman. It was an adultery. He's like, well, I'm the light of the world. And then a group where it's gathered around and he started teaching with the Good Shepherd and all that. It's usually to a group. Um, but two of them, he makes directed at individuals. This one, he directs this straight at Martha. This is him and Martha having a conversation. The disciples are around because they're with him, but he's talking to Martha. The next one we'll do next week is directed straight at Thomas. And both of these people seem to get a, a bad rap from the church. We like to put them both down. You know, Martha, you should have been at Jesus' feet. You're so foolish. You missed the whole point of it. And Thomas, you old doubter and all this. But yet Jesus entrusted both of these people with a great revelation. He chose both of them to share some incredible truths with. And Martha, she was in the middle of the morning and she still goes out of her way to serve Jesus and to meet him properly. And she tries to muster up some faith and to speak positively even though she's hurting. And Jesus responds to that. And we can, if we can turn to Jesus with even just a little bit of faith in the middle of our morning, even if we don't understand what he's trying to do or say, even if we maybe miss what he's He's trying to do in our lives, even if we miss what's going on, if we just try to turn to him with a, just a little bit of faith, he responds. And then it's, a, it's in that turning, it's in that little bit of faith, that seed, that he responds. And Martha was mourning, but she was kind of running on autopilot. You know, she was someone who always served. She was someone that was always there for everyone else, always went out of her way for others. And it was days after the funeral of her brother, and I don't know if you've ever been there. Have you ever lost anyone? That first bit, it's just a, a fog. You don't remember what happened. You don't know what day it is. Everything's kind of a blur. But she was someone who served, who went out of her way for others, so she just did it. It was in her. Jesus was coming. She said, well, I, I gotta go meet him, because that's what I do, and that's who I am. She went out to meet Jesus and greet him like she should have, like a good host. She just kept doing what she knew to do, even though she was in pain. And when we are hurting or we're mourning or we're in a weird spot or a weird place in our life, it's important for us to just keep doing what we know to do. Just keep serving. Just keep 
praying, just keep reading our word, reading the word of God, just keep being faithful, just keep worshiping, just keep praising him. Even if you don't know what's going on, just keep doing it. You do the things that you know you need to do. And by doing that, we will find ourselves in the presence of Jesus. And then Jesus says to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And Jesus does three things with this statement. He brings something, um, a truth out of the, the darkness and kind of brings it into the light. You know, he's the light after all, remember? The doctrine of the resurrection was kind of unclear to people in that time. Um, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of vagueness around it. Um, it wasn't well understood. Jesus didn't tell Martha that she was wrong because she wasn't, but uh, the resurrection was and is an important part of the Jewish faith. Jesus didn't deny that, but in him saying, I am the resurrection and the life, he challenged and he changed the way that they viewed it, much like everything Jesus taught. The Old Testament teachings about death and resurrection are a bit incomplete, a bit confusing because you know they haven't really died. You know, they haven't gone through it. They just kind of, you know, it was, it was a little incomplete. Uh, you got some books like Ecclesiastes, if you ever read it. It's like, oh, we're all going to die. Nothing matters. Life is pointless and there's no hope. And you got that teaching in the Old Testament. You got some Psalms like that. It's like, oh, what's the, what even is the point? You know, and some um, teachers and stuff would have grabbed onto these certain passages and just taught this little life's pointless, whatever. They would just would have ran with it. But with the Bible, you need to take all of it together. David and Solomon and the people that wrote those, they weren't the resurrection and the life. They didn't quite understand. And maybe they wrote it a little, a little vague because they didn't quite get it. And so Jesus says this statement to Martha. And he brings it out of the darkness of the shadows. And he makes it more clear. He says, you know, and Martha says, I know there's going to be a resurrection. I know something's going to happen, whatever it is. I don't quite know how it works, but I know it's going to happen. And Jesus says, yes, Martha, but I am the resurrection. I am the life. It's through me that this is going to happen. And by Jesus' teaching and miracles and his own resurrection, he taught and showed us that if we are ever to have hope in a life after this one, it needs to be through him. Does that make sense? Yeah. He said, I am the door. I need, we need to go through the door, through the light. If we're going to have any hope of a life after this one, it's got to come through Jesus. So there was all this uncertainty about the, the resurrection in the Old Testament, and Jesus brings it all together. There's a lot of questions. He said, no, there's going to be one. But if you're going to be resurrected, it's going to be through me. Death is real. We've all felt the sting of death, but there is hope. There's a life after. And that hope is in Jesus. Paul writes later, 1 Corinthians 15 and 55, he says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And through Jesus, death doesn't have the same threat anymore. Through Jesus, death doesn't have the same sting or the same pain because we have hope in him. And the resurrection. So he, he makes this a little bit clearer, this doctrine that they were trying to understand. And the second thing is he takes the doctrine of the resurrection out of the book, just out of words, and he puts it into him. He makes it more clear. We can't separate God and his word, obviously, but there's something about reading a thing versus seeing a thing. Right? 
know, you can read about the Eiffel Tower, but unless you climb the stairs or take the elevator, um, it's not the same. So you see it for yourself. Uh, you can read about how good a cheesecake tastes. But until you put that in your mouth, it just melts if it's not too dry. You know, the good ones. You can read about falling in love, but until you get those butterflies in your stomach, it's not the same. You know, they read and they studied the Old Testament and the resurrection, but they, they didn't quite get it. It would still take them a little while to get it. Um, but Jesus took those words and he took that doctrine and he put it in himself to show them. And in a little while, you know, a few minutes later, they see Lazarus, um, who'd been dead for four days, be brought back to life. And a little while after that, they see Jesus crucified and buried and then resurrected by his own power. He showed them what it was and he cleared that all up for them. We are resurrected through Jesus, not just some words. Our hope is in Jesus, not just words. He made it real. He embodied it. When we're sick, we need a doctor, right? Not just a book of a medical book. A little diagnosis, WebMD or whatever you search for to see what's wrong with you. You need an actual doctor. When you go to court, you need a lawyer, not just a book of the law. When you go to a restaurant, you need a cook or a chef to be working. Don't just hand you a recipe or a menu and say, well, there you go, that's good enough. You need the actual person. So Jesus takes his doctrine, the resurrection, and he shows it. This is, it's through me. I'm going to show you how this works. The man, Jesus, God in the flesh, our hope came alive in him. He is the resurrection and the life. When we face death, we don't need the words from a book. We need a Savior. We need Him. We, when we belong to Jesus, we have the bread, we have all we need, we have light, we have shelter, safety, and clarity. We are protected, we are provided for, we are paid for, like the sheep on the shepherd, and we have hope in Him. So He takes all that hope and He puts it in Himself and He shows them. And the third thing, He brought the doctrine of the resurrection from the future to something that's going to happen, to something that happens right now. It was always someday this is going to happen. Someday. Someday Lazarus will rise again. Someday this will happen. Maybe this will happen. We don't really know. We're just going to hope that it does. Right? Mary and Martha and their friends, they were looking um, to the past. They said if Jesus had come earlier, he wouldn't have died. And then Martha starts looking to the future. She's like, well, I know he'll be resurrected someday. Um, maybe in the future. But Jesus brought it to the present. He said, I am in the present tense. And oftentimes we find ourselves looking backwards. You know, if I had done this differently, if this had happened instead of that, if whatever, or the future, maybe someday this will happen. Uh, maybe it'll change someday. And yes, he's the God of the past. And yes, he's the God of the future. But he's the God of the present too. He's an ever present help. He said, I am. Not I was or I, I will be. He said, I am. If we spend all of our time looking backward and wishing and reminiscing, or we spend all of our time looking forward and dreaming and hoping, we're going to miss what he's doing right now. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection and the life right now. There's hope for the future, yes, but right now, I'm going to raise Lazarus. Right now, he can raise that thing 
back up in your life. Right now, he can raise that calling back up that you thought was dead. Right now, he can restore that family. Right now, he can breathe life back into that soul. Right now, he can redeem. Right now, he can move and speak. It's not just a thing of the past, and it's not just a hope for the future. It's right now, too. Martha, I am the resurrection and the life right now. Yes, Lazarus will be resurrected in the end, but right now I'm going to do something in his life too. And if we can muster up just a little bit of faith like Martha had and just find our way into the presence of Jesus, and even if we don't understand what is happening or what's going on, if we could just put our trust in him, even if we are hurt, even if we are mourning, even if life hasn't gone the way that we want it to, even if we have regrets, even if we wonder why he didn't move or respond before. Even if we feel like maybe we've been let down. Even if we have questions, if we could just put ourselves into his presence, just get ourselves into his presence, and just put what little faith we have in him, he can do the miraculous. He said, I am the resurrection and the life right now. And he can speak life into that situation that you thought was dead. He can resurrect that thing in your life that you thought was over and you missed it and it was never going to happen again. He can restore that thing. He can restore that person. He can restore that soul. He can restore that ministry. He can restore that calling, that anointing that you thought was lost. He can restore it. But we need to put our faith and our trust back into him. It's not about back then. It's not about what if this had happened. It's not about what's going to happen someday. It's about right now. He is the God of right now. If you're ready. Jesus said in uh, verse 26 to 27, he said, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? How did Martha respond? She said, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. She started this off saying, um, you know, God will do whatever you ask him. And she ends it. She's got a clear picture of who he is. Martha, just buried her brother, her sister couldn't be bothered to come with her to greet the guests. She just stayed home and whatever. Um, in this moment, she was on her own. And Martha, in spite of all her pain and her grief, and she was the one. She was the one that wasn't sitting at the feet of Jesus. The one that we say missed it. The whole point. And Martha, in spite of all this, she grabs a hold of something. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. She says, Lord, Christ, Son of God. She fi figures out who Jesus is. She got the revelation of who Jesus was. She says, I believe, which is written in the, the perfect tense, which means it's fixed, it's settled. I believe... I will continue to believe. I believe and I will believe forever. There's nothing that's going to change this. And if we can put our hope and our faith, whatever little bit that we have, I know sometimes we're going through things and we're struggling and maybe 
you know, we're morning and it just seems like we're in a fog and we're just, we just go to church because that's what we do on Sunday. Martha just went out to meet Jesus because that's what she did. I don't think she went out looking for anything. She just did it because that's what she was supposed to do. And sometimes we're running on autopilot like that. But if we can just put whatever little bit of faith and hope we have into Jesus during our low points, during our hurting times, he will reveal himself to us in incredible ways. There's something that happens in those moments when we're hurting, when we're in pain, and we just, I don't have a lot, God. But I'm going to give you what little faith I have. He will reveal himself to us. There's something that happens in that moment that forever changes us. And like Martha, I believe and there's nothing that's going to change this. So this morning, let's all stand. Each of these things strangely. Martha, let's whatever little bit of faith we can muster, let's put it in Jesus. As we pray together, I know that you are the resurrection and the life. I know that you are this, and I need you now. If you're low, if you're struggling, whatever it is, just give that little bit of faith, and He can move and He can minister in an incredible way. You can clear up any questions we have. You can solidify that faith. He's the resurrection and the life for the future and right now. Whatever you need to take place. Otherwise, things, let's pray. Let's find a place and pray in our seat, I guess. Just let God move today. In Jesus' name.